Hello, this is Terry Cheek, pastor of Calvary Missionary Baptist Church in Marion, North Carolina, and broadcaster for the Inspiring Word Media Ministry. We want to thank you for choosing our broadcast, and our prayer is that it will be an encouragement to your walk with the Lord. Comments or questions can be directed to me via the link on our sermon audio page. We hope you enjoy your selection. You know, as we look about us, and we watch the news, we read the papers, we look at our internet browsers, and we see the news posts, and all of the social media that's brought up. There's a lot to be discouraging. There's a lot that can discourage us today. That uh, little story I shared with the children about Benny the Bunny being afraid of his shadow. It can apply to us as well. We can have a lot of things that we are afraid of. We can be faced with a lot of things that we're afraid of. We can be faced with government pressures. We can be faced with social uprisings. We can be faced with criticism. We can be faced with with things going on behind our back and, and, and all kinds of stuff that would keep us distracted. That would keep us distracted. But God wants our attention on Him. So let's go to God's Word. Let's take a look at Psalm 103, beginning with verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities? Who healeth all thy diseases? Who redeemeth thy life from destruction? Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies? Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like eagles' wings? We're going to stop there this morning. When we take a look at this passage, at this psalm, we see David... And this is a psalm of David stepping up and he is saying, Bless the Lord. Well, what is he saying? When he is asking us to bless the Lord, that can be a pretty strange statement. Because we're used to God blessing us, aren't we? We're used to God coming to us and blessing our efforts. We're we're, We're used to asking God to bless us. But here David is saying we should bless God. How do we do that? How do we bless God? I mean, God is the Creator. We are the creation. We are sinful. We are frail. We have a we we have a, a finite life and a, a, a an end and a beginning, and God is infinite. How can we bless our Creator? Well, we can bless our Creator in several ways. First of all, we need to understand what David is asking when he's asking us to bless. David is asking us to worship and revere and set apart God and to recognize God for who He is. That is everything. 
God should be everything in your life and everything in my life. David is telling us to bless the Lord by recognizing who God really is and what role He serves in our existence. And David goes on and he says, Oh my soul. He makes it personal. David doesn't talk about who the others in the kingdom are. He doesn't talk about the rest of his kingdom blessing God and doing things to worship God and doing things to set God up on a pedestal where he rightly should be. No, he talks about himself. He refers to his soul. He humbles himself. It would do us good today as the children of God to humble ourselves. It would do us good today to realize God's pecking order and to put Him where He belongs and to keep Him there. I believe a lot of the problems that we have today can be attributed to the attitude of people getting priorities out of place and getting the eternal pecking order, as it were, out of place. We have a tendency of placing ourselves on a pedestal above God. We have a tendency of saying, I want what I want, and I will have what I will have. And I expect God to bless it because I want it. I expect God to bless it and to work with it. And I expect God to deal with it just because it is what I want and what I expect. Now we, not, we, we may not be that arrogant and we not, may not be that outspoken about it. But in our heart, are we asking God if this is what He wants from us or are we telling God this is what we want to give to Him? If we're telling God what we want to give to Him, then we are placing ourselves on a pedestal of talking down to God. And we need to humble ourselves and we need to realize where we stand and we need to realize what God has in store for us. God doesn't tell us everything that we're, that, that's in store for us. God doesn't share with us all of His plans. God doesn't share with us what His intentions are. God puts us in places and circumstances and in situations that are going to shape and mold our lives for the future, for His future service, for His future work. Have you ever thought about the problems and the tribulations that you have in life, the troubles that come in life? Have you ever thought about those as coming from God in order to shape your life? Have you ever thought about those things? God allows those to take place in your life to shape you, to mold you, to teach you, to make you closer to Him, to draw you closer to Him instead of punishing you. Now, God can allow things in our lives to punish us. He can allow things in our life to chastise us. He can allow things in our life to correct us. And if we insist on being a disobedient child of God, He will do that. Let's not make any uh, misunderstandings this morning. He will do that if we put Him in that spot and if we put Him in that condition. But that's our choice, not God's. But oftentimes the troubles that we deal with when we haven't been disobedient 
when we haven't been rebellious, those troubles that come, they come many times to draw us closer to God because He wants to shape us for His future work. We should be thankful. We should be blessing God. We should be blessing God with all that is inside of us. We should be blessing God. We should be lifting Him up, praising Him, giving giving Him all manners of accolades, all manners of glory. We should not forget His benefits. Well, what are they? Well, there's a few. There's a few. Beginning in verse 3, David says, It is God who forgives iniquity. Iniquity is an interesting word that is used there. Iniquity is one of the words the Bible uses for sin. There is iniquity, there is transgression, there is trespasses, and there is sin. Now it all refers to sin, but there's some differences. Iniquity is a certain type of sin. Iniquity is a sin of the conscience. Let me explain that. Iniquity is some of those sins that we know are sin when we step into them, but we decide to do them anyway. Oh my! That starts cutting a little bit deep, doesn't it? That little white lie that we know is a little white lie and we're going to tell it anyway, that's iniquity. A lie is a lie. Bearing false witness, knowing knowing that we're not telling the whole truth, knowing that we're not telling everything we know, we're going to tell what we want to tell, that's bearing a false witness. But when we do it knowingly, it's an iniquity. Men and women today are sadly burning up the internet with pornography. They know. They know it is fornication. They know it is sin. And yet they jump in there and they move with it anyway, justifying in their minds and in their hearts why they're doing it. It is iniquity. Anytime we face sin and we know it is sin and we make a conscious decision to do it anyway, it is iniquity. But here's the good thing David brings out that God forgives all iniquity. Now that ought to make us all shout for joy this morning because there isn't one person walking the face of the earth today that is not guilty of iniquity. And that includes you and I. We fall right in that group. But God forgives it. All we have to do is ask. When we think about that and we, we realize on a personal level our guilt of iniquity, my, that's enough to bless the Lord. That's enough to be thankful. That's enough. 
That's enough to shout praises to His name. But He goes on. It is God who heals all the diseases. Now that word diseases is an English word that translates a Hebrew word and it means all manners of sickness. Spiritual. And yes, there are spiritual sicknesses. Emotional. We know there's emotional sicknesses and mental health sicknesses and physical. All manners of sickness. God can heal. God is the great physician. Now whether God chooses to heal them this side of eternity or the other side of eternity is a different story. But God heals all. And think of this. When we know someone who has passed away, who has left this life and moved on to eternity. They have been healed. They may have laid this body down. This body may have been riddled with cancer or riddled with some other disease. This body, this old temple... It may have been riddled and broken down, but the soul is brought forth into eternity. And that sickness, that disease is healed when that person moves into eternity. God heals. When we pray and when we ask God to heal, He answers that prayer and He answers it with a yes. But God will heal in His time and in His way and in His fashion. That's something that we can praise God for. That's something that we can really think about and we can bless His name. We see in verse 4 that it is God who redeems my life from destruction. God is my Redeemer. We talk about Jesus Christ redeeming us from our sin Jesus Christ is a person of the Godhead. Jesus is God. He redeems us. When we think about redemption, we often think of it as a synonym for salvation. And that's okay in a general conversation. But if you get down to particulars, and here David gets down to particulars, He redeemeth thy life from destruction. We are born into sin, into a sin nature, and we are separated from God, and we are doomed for an eternity in hell. From the very beginning, that is where we stand. From the very beginning, that is where we are. Even we That is our destination as a small child. Our children here, now they are protected in innocence at this point before, they're, before the Holy Spirit calls upon them to be saved. But in reality, once that happens, their destination is sealed just like yours was, just like mine was. But thankfully, God is a Redeemer from that destruction through Jesus Christ. If you know Jesus today as your Lord and as your Savior, you have been redeemed from that destruction. 
If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can be and may be redeemed from that destruction by calling upon Him. What a blessing it is to know that the Lord loves us and cares enough for us to have sent His only begotten Son to be a sin sacrifice, to be a propitiation for our sin that we may be redeemed. What a joy it is. What a reason it is to bless the Lord. But he continues, it is God who crowns thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. That word crowneth or crowns is an interesting word. It is a word that conveys setting up some authority and wrapping around in a circle. He crowns us. He sets us up. He embraces us with loving kindness and tender mercy. Loving kindness is a compound word. Loving and kindness. Because of God and through God and because of who He is and because of what He has done in our lives as His children, we have His loving Spirit placed in our hearts. The Holy Spirit is living in our hearts. But remember what the two greatest commandments are? To love God with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. We can't do that on our own. We don't have it within us. We don't have the ability to do that. It is God who gives us that. It is God that crowns us with that loving nature, that puts that loving nature in our heart because He first loved us, I can love Him. Because He first loved me, I can love others. We can choose not to love people. Sadly enough, that happens way too often today. But let me encourage you. Grab hold of the loving kindness that God has placed in your heart. Embrace it and let it be a let it be a driving influence. Because the love that God imparts and places in our heart, it results in one thing. It results in kindness. Now we can be a philanthropist. We can write checks and we can give to good causes and we can support charities and, and we can do the philanthropy of mankind and, and we can do all of this stuff. And we can look good in front of other people. But that doesn't mean we have loving kindness. If we have loving kindness in our heart, one thing and the first thing that's going to be the greatest concern in our heart life is the soul of the individual that we're working with. Are they saved? Do they have that right relationship with God? 
that will be the first question that will come to our heart. Yes, if they're hungry, bless God, let's find them some food. If they're, if they're cold and if they're without a home or shelter, bless God, let's find them something. If they need clothing, let's find them clothing. Let us do that type of kindness. Let us move in that direction. But first of all, let their soul drive us. Let their soul and their spiritual condition with God be the driving influence in our heart and be the driving influence in our life. Let us have the loving kindness toward them that God has shown toward us. Having that toward others regardless of how they may take it. They may become angry. They may become bitter. They may curse us. Regardless of how they handle it, we can bless the Lord by conveying and doing His work and His will toward other people. Let us bless the Lord, O my soul. Come back, God, and come back to me. Am I am I sharing this loving kindness? Am I sharing the fact that there is a Redeemer? Am I sharing the fact that God can and will heal all diseases? Am I sharing that He will that He will forgive all iniquity? Have I forgotten those benefits? Have I forgotten the tender mercies of God? How merciful has God been in your life? I don't know your personal lives. I don't know the details of your life. You don't know mine. Our lives are like books. It is written in chapters and paragraphs and stories. But God has been merciful to all of us. Have we forgotten the mercies of God in our life? It is easy to be unmerciful today. It is easy to be unmerciful and point a finger and say, Oh, that went over there. They need to be they, they need to be judged. They need to be condemned. That one over there. They need fill in the blank. With anything unmerciful. Look at that one over there and does your heart say they need to know the Lord? The women and men in this community who live lives that are that are unredeemed, lives that are ungodly, lives that that are corrupt, lives that are immoral. They bring hurt and heartache to our to our families. They bring hurt and heartache to those that we love. Do we want to see them unmercifully cast away? Or do we want to see the mercies of God laid in their heart and in their life? Now that can be a tough answer. Think about it. Someone hurts a member of your family. Can you pray for their mercy? Can you pray for God to be merciful? That can be difficult. 
I'll share that with you from personal experience. It can be difficult when someone harms a member of your family and hurts a member of your family and still you know that God wants you to pray for them, to pray for their salvation, to pray that He'll have mercy upon them. Because you want to be unmerciful. Mercy is something that God has shown each and every one of us in times when we didn't deserve it. Should we not share that same experience with others? That doesn't mean there is not a consequence for their action. That does not mean that there isn't justice that will be served. That doesn't mean that any of that should be done away with. But if you really want to see a person's life changed, it comes from the mercy of God. It does not come from the prison system. It does not come from the justice system. It does not come from uh, from the chain gangs or any of those things. That does not change a person. It may make them sorry for what they've done. It may make them sorry for getting caught at what they've done. It may make them smarter the next time around. But if you want to see somebody's life genuinely and truly changed, you see God have mercy upon them and touch their heart and their life and move them to the forgiveness of their iniquity and to the redemption of their destruction. Then you will see someone changed. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. David wrote this psalm sometime beyond his failure and his sin with Bathsheba. Now we all know the story. At least this is what we often choose to remember, that David committed adultery with Bathsheba. And there was a child, and the child died. Well, there was much more to that story. You see, David not only committed adultery with Bathsheba, but let's go back to the beginning. You see, David got lazy and David lied about his commitment and where he needed to be as a king. David needed to be in the battlefield leading his army. That was where he was supposed to be. But, but David, David didn't do what he was supposed to do. He stayed, he stayed at home. And then David looked upon Bathsheba with lust. And then David called upon her knowing that it was wrong. And then David lied about what was going on and what had happened. Then David committed murder to cover it up. And then God moved upon the prophet and the priest to confront him. After all of that was done, So David experienced all of the things that were in these four verses. He personally experienced them. 
And he experienced the mercy of God in every one of these things that was dealing with. You see, David had forgotten those benefits and he warned us not to do the same. David had had his iniquities forgiven and he told us not to forget about it happening in our life. David had had the spiritual diseases in his life healed. David had been redeemed from a life of destruction. David had been crowned with loving kindness and tender mercies because he had been shown mercy. And David was trying to tell us and wants to convey to us, don't follow the road that he followed, but if you have, if you find yourself in this spot and in this place, know that there is a God that loves you. Know that God cares. Know that Jesus gave His life and He has redeemed you. Know that there is somewhere to come. Know that there is redemption. Know that you don't have to leave the way you came. In verse 5, Who satisfies my mouth with good things? God provides for us everything that we need. God provides for us the money that we need to prepare and to provide our food, our housing, our shelter, our clothing, our medicine, everything that we need. God provides it. God shows it. God gives it. He strengthens us with good things so that we can be renewed youthfully like the eagles that soar high. God wants us to soar high for Him. God wants us individually to bless His name. To bless Him as He has blessed us so that others can see the benefit of knowing God personally through Jesus Christ. And that's what I want you to take away today. Is that it does not matter what yesterday was. What is your relationship with God today and what can it be today? What about iniquity in your life? Do you have it? As I go down these things, Sue, could you come and prepare just some music for us, please? I would appreciate that. Thank you. Do you have iniquity in your life? Maybe you're struggling with some health problems or some spiritual problems or other problems of life. Have you been redeemed? Have you been redeemed from the destruction of sin? Are you embracing the crowns of loving kindness and tender mercies? Are you sharing what God has done in your life? Are you sharing it with others? Do you truly love other people or is it just a verbal expression? Are you truly kind to other people or is it just something you do to put up, put on a show or put on a face? 
God knows the truth and you know the truth. Do you have tender mercy in your heart and tender mercy in your life for others around you? Are you satisfied? Are you satisfied in your walk with God and is God satisfied with your walk with Him? Bless the Lord, O my soul, with all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not His benefits. This morning the altar call is simple. As we close, there's opportunity to come and to do business with God. There's opportunity to get things right with God. There's opportunity to confess and to grow and to meet God where He's calling you. If He's calling you this morning, if God's dealing with your heart, will you come? See? Are there iniquities? Are there things that stand between you and God? Maybe you just need to bless God. Maybe you just need to thank Him. Now is that opportunity. Maybe you just need to come and you just need to say, God, thank you for everything you've done in my life. Thank you for not allowing me to continue down the wrong road. As we continue, thank you for not letting me continue down that wrong road. God has moved in all of our lives in a miraculous way. God has saved us from an eternal and a real hell. God has shown us. He has worked with us. Bless the Lord. How long has it been since we've humbled ourselves and actually came to God and actually asked Him to, to look at us? Actually ask Him to move. you would, bow your head and let's pray, please. Heavenly Father and Lord God, we thank You. We thank You for all of the blessings in Your life. We thank You for all the blessings that You have provided and everything that You have given and done. We thank You for Jesus Christ today. 
Lord, we want to bless You. We want to lift You up and we want to glorify You. We want to place You in the proper spot, in the proper place in our life. God, I ask that You would look at our hearts and You would search our lives individually, each one, and You would deal with us accordingly. God, that we could experience Your tender mercies and Your loving kindness because God, you are, you are above anything we can say. Our hearts can just sit back in awe and in reverence of you. We just love you, God. We thank you for Jesus Christ. In his name I pray. Amen. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your attention. May God bless you. My prayer and remain safe and dry as you go home this afternoon.